Yo, welcome to another episode of Arm Resistance. This is Marcus, and today's topic theme is culture. Hey, this is Jay. Thanks for joining us. Culture. What is culture? To me, the first thing that comes to mind to culture is purpose. So I would have to define it as culture is something that ought to tie you to your purpose. And in conjunction with purpose, is, is culture is to sharpen your experience here in life. So anything that you experience within your culture should be to put you forward, not to um, set you back. So that's the first way I would define culture. I don't know if other people are, our dominant culture is defined in such form, in such way. What do you think about culture? Yeah, the, like you said, the term dominant culture, that that's kind of what comes to mind is a method of being, of thinking, of performing, of responding, of reacting that's kind of produced as our lives are kind of made into commodities, as the things that we eat, what we do, how we participate is made into commodities and produced. So might be our culture. I think there's a lot of examples of what has been called counterculture, resistance culture, that might be not as micro as we make it sound, but because it's being compared to this dominant culture, it is kind of made to sound like it's less than or a side practice or mm-hmm. a hobby, you know, a group practice, but maybe a non-intentional. We're not always aware of the culture we're participating in because we, to some degree, have been produced by that culture. That's also part of the dominant culture, though, is for you to be unaware. <laughs> that's like the, that's one of the practices of this dominant culture is unawareness or unconsciousness is um really prevalent in in this particular culture because once you do start to examine what is culture essentially it's just what people are doing at any minute at any given time is your culture whatever you're participating at any given time so then along with that comes different aspects of what you could be participating in so you could be participating in food so what is your food culture at that given time you know you you can be comp- participating in politics food and politics can be the same thing so whatever you're participating in your politics at that moment is your type of culture within that moment so if we were to break it down like more simple if culture is just whatever people are doing what type of culture do you see today like what what types of things are people doing or what type of how would you define today's culture You know, I think we've talked about this before, but the word confusion, how we wouldn't be able to be taken advantage of if we weren't confused first in terms of, you know, we talk a lot about how we exist in an overlapping hierarchy. There's social hierarchies. There's racism. There's white supremacy. There's sexism. There's transphobia. There's ableism. There are people not oppressed by those cultures that imposed structural culture that we have through this hierarchy and so they are kind of able to not be confused in how they navigate this society and this culture so they benefit from it whereas those of us who are constantly being barraged with images that affect our self-worth or um, cause confusion in how we navigate this culture it's a little bit harder to kind of look at maybe purpose maybe when you think of the word purpose for me it evokes a path of determining meaning and kind of the age-old, like, where am I in relation to the universe, in relation to others, in relation to culture. And if there's so much confusion, 
and that's not an accident, then in this today's culture, people are profiting off of that. There's a lot of misdirection um, that's being put forward as a solution. When we do talk about, you know, quote unquote, problems in today's society, it's usually followed up by get involved in the institutions that exist currently to address those problems in society instead of looking at the way society is structured and those institutions themselves as sources of producing the ill or rewarding the ill that is happening in our culture. I want to touch on confusion too and how confusion is embedded in this particular aspect or this particular form of culture that we have here. And just going from the aspect of being, you know, birthed into this reality from the moment that we come in. There's a lot of confusion about the medical field, what is practical and efficient and healthy practices, whether to give a baby, you know, 20 shots as they come into the world is the best thing to do as part of our culture. Does this eliminate harm or this create harm? Is this constructive to harm or this, you know, how, what are the, what are the benefits? And I feel like the confusion goes in so many areas of activity to where you see it in labor, you see it in law, you see it in politics, you see it in education, you see it in sex, you see it in war, you see it in counter war, to where even our our matrix of uh, our, our mental state and what brought us the fabric, you know, the fabric that holds us all together. We're all under this system of misinformation, as as much people call it the information age. It's not the wisdom age or the knowledge age. It's just information age, which it could be a very broad information could just be anything. Doesn't mean it's constructive information. It <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to be information that helps or the information that does help. There's so much conflicting information or there's so much um, poison wrapped around the information. So you have to kind of find a way to extract the poison or extract the truth within information. You know, and um, I feel like our, our culture is so confused because we haven't had problem solving at the forefront of our culture, of our mindset. Like we're always like more in problem mode or searching for the problem to be reactionary around the problem. But we're not problem solving. We're not in problem solving mode. We're not really like tackling the issues at the core or at the roots of what's going on. And the culture that we have today gives us a lot of words that I think breeds confusion Instead of saying this is something that is contributing to white supremacy, this is something that contributing to mistreatment, we have so many derivatives, I feel, that breaks up our culture. So we have, like, the resistance culture that kind of sounds like micro version of the macro culture, even though these are all part of what, you know, there's only a resistance culture because our very own culture in itself is non-resistant. There's definitely... And I was thinking in terms of confusion, what's the go-to thing to do when you're confused, to seek out information, what happens when that information cannot be trusted? And we kind of live in a space where, you know, people are disempowered from thinking that they can be the problem solver. And that happens a lot through these kind of um, the glorification of leadership, I would say, like in terms of hierarchy, leadership, 
um, kind of the superhero mentality that it's always going to be someone else coming in to mediate. You know, you can see it from when there's a conflict with police, people request that the federal government step in as though the federal government is somehow less violent than the police. In terms of when there is a conflict, people turn to the police, often maybe not knowing that that might risk their loved one's life. Kind of this media culture that tells us, you know, that you have to have a cape to kind of be able to problem solve. And I don't think that's an accident. I think that is a product of culture. And I think that if you go to different schools, um, depending on class and race, people are being taught different things. You know, there's definitely, it's not an accident that there are managers, like people are taught and groomed to manage others. And then others are taught and groomed to be workers and to just be exploited as workers. Mm -hmm. And so like the definition of success in our culture is different for different people, depending on what circumstances they are raised in. And then even if you look at our resistance, how do we define success? Are we going to define success according to our oppressors? Are we going to define success according to becoming recognized and legitimized by the current government, the state? Are they going to suddenly wake up one day and say, yes, you know, I think that this growing resistance has some viable ideas and we'll give them some time and space to explore these ideas. Or are we, you know, going to have to really kind of stop depending on this colonial superhero outside pacification logic and kind of really look at the miseducation and the misinformation and the confusion in our lives and how that can really show up. There was this really helpful YouTube video on the education system and how they really modeled our education system here off of the factory and grouping students and children together by age, setting them through like a factory line using the bell system that was the same system that was used in factories in resource deprived neighborhoods. They have less books. They actually have more worksheets. They're being taught to just fill in the answer and they're being taught to regurgitate information that they're being given versus if you go to like wealthier neighborhoods, they're not being taught to regurgitate information. They're being taught to ask questions and be creative mm -hmm. um, to perform. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, what is our culture teaching us and what does that mean about how we respond that's and i feel like that's also um something to examine within our culture like if we were to create our own culture i think part of the culture part of the principle of the culture is to constantly re-examine those the rituals of that culture and what is what it's doing because i definitely feel like what you touched on as far as what are we being taught in this dominant culture is forms of confusion is ways to be managed and certain people have warden positions to manage others so the confusion definitely lies into one group being socialized to just regurgitate and to fill in multiple questions and take what is given and digesting it it's so it's so funny to think about consumption and more than the tangible like in the metaphysical like we consume concepts mm -hmm. without critically thinking about them we consume words that we we pick up words and start using them without critically thinking how do they come into our existence and i feel like that's definitely the sect of the people who are being mistreated and the people who are confused and the people who are being harmed are definitely part of that group who are socialized not to question socialized not to completely have any critical thought and not and even when they do begin to question and have critical thought they're not valued or they're not validated and they don't really have a society or a culture to 
support them you know in a sense because the dominant culture is opposite is <laughs> opposite to that you know you need a white supremacist to prove that there's that person is being a white supremacist i can't say that that person's a white supremacist because they're going to be like well prove it and it takes one to know one <laughs> you know it takes a white supremacist to be like yeah that dude is one you know versus like we have just this really blank racism is out there out there because no where there's no master list of who is and who isn't you know so it's like it's just out there somewhere and that's the, still the type of narrative that breeds the confusion because like we know we're being harmed or we know there's pain coming but since we don't have the language and we don't have the right dialogue and not being socialized to ask questions in that form all we can say is that it's out there you know or <laughs> we sense it somewhere you know or we know that it's happening but we can't really pinpoint all the directions and how it's happening there's a lot of tension right now within and possibly between cultures because people are more critical, more open about agitating, about denying the strength that white supremacy demands off of people's bodies. So I think, and like in terms of not having a support structure, I think we are seeing that support structure be rebuilt. And I think it's it's coming in waves where, you know, like in the 60s, there was a culture of intentionalizing and building like survival programs specifically for the black community. And then those were destroyed. And so I think we're seeing like waves of that where like people do have support structures, but or if they are lacking them, it's not for no reason. It's because the Definitely. government and the state is destroying them. Definitely. And it's not something that isn't done purposefully in terms of those cultures and support networks have been purposefully destroyed since the inception of actually through the formation of the United States colonial government mm -hmm. built itself on the destruction of other people's cultures. Mm -hmm. So this culture is not, you know, just here because like through a series of fluid events, it has formed itself and like this is now where we are in the historical time continuum. You know, this culture was only able to build itself and form capitalism and white supremacy and global globalization, even in terms of global fascism and the way the United States works with Israel and um, invades the Middle East and, you know, instigates coups and in so many countries across the world um, is specifically through the absorption and destruction of other people's supports, networks, and cultures. There's so many, I feel like there's so many ways to talk about it, also in terms of resistance, like elections. Like, you, you mentioned rituals. The rituals that we do, that we've kind of adopted, that we don't really know the origins of, we don't know the right. authors of, or if we do know the authors, the authors are the colonizers that created the United States government, right. that created this political process for us, and then now we adopt it and utilize it, and say that it'll bring us reform, mm -hmm. you know, what is the election other than a ritual that legitimizes the government every four years? Outside of just being that, I also feel that the rituals, in order to keep this system where it is, the rituals have to have an undertone of destroying self-respect and destroying confidence. Because essentially, the less confidence that you have in yourself, the more faith that you're going to have in the state and the system. The more you're being told that you can't grow food and that you don't know what seeds are and that you shouldn't even research where your food comes from, the more likely you are going to be to rely on fast food and to rely on grocery store and to rely on other aspects of collecting food because we're constantly being told that we don't even need the knowledge to grow food because it's already here to supply it. It's already here for us, you know, so we don't even need to wonder what's going on behind that door or behind that curtain because there's already food there to support us, you know, versus just the inception of just the planet. I'm sure people just 
really didn't even need practices of growing food because food was so readily available for everyone to just enjoy and have abundance of versus some people centralizing food, you know, and making it a special thing to where only a few people can have access to it. And then the other few people are going to just have a lower quality of it. You know, so it's like the culture is so like we have to examine that word at all angles of our activities from even going to the bathroom you know like how do you learn how to go to the bathroom you know versus squatting or you know just using the restroom normally as you've been taught or how do you eat do you you know what what types of foods do you look for to eat what part of what what culture are you participating in when you do eat what uh what are your habits what are your shopping habits do you what are your political habits? What are your your walking habits? You know, everything is has an undertone of culture and how we assimilate our lives is what type of cultural programming we're running. You know, what what does that look like? What type of OS? What type of operating system of culture are we under? And we have the ability to change that, but are we? Do we really? Are we taking the ability to notice what cultures that we're already in or what cultures that we're already participating in? There's like a culture of cultivating consent but it's not consent you know to be governed it's constant confusion disempowerment lack of confidence and just again the misinformed idea that people are not their own experts in their own lives that they have to go to an outside source someone with specialized knowledge and like sure you know we may need outside knowledge in the form of healers sometimes that might have knowledge that we don't have but all these things can be shared all this knowledge can be skill shared decentralized by centralizing it in certain institutions we're depriving people of the means that they need to live and to redress the concerns and the grief that they have in their own lives. And that makes people susceptible to outside influence, to misinformation, to being manipulated, and to constantly, you know, we're kind of engineered to look for an outside source. Oh my gosh, you're so right. The government. Just the word engineered just made me think of GMO culture, you know, because I feel like before we were even on the planet, in this particular reality, the culture has just been so modified behind doors you know so it's 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 been such a science experiment to where the culture in itself is artificial we have such a death culture and the death culture is invasive in all areas of activity so we have even though as in the body that i'm in and then is the names that are you know that i use and given and i'm very worried about my well-being on a physical level and like on, on actually being attacked or actually being abused Though heart disease and heart complications and body complications are the number one killers of of just people, you know. So you're saying that we live in a culture that constantly confuses us how to operate in our bodies and what, what that looks like, you know, and how, what's the best way to go about that. And it just makes me think of like the food and the, the scenarios that we're in and just like false flags and how everything can just be so manipulated behind doors. I feel like the culture in itself is an artificial culture, is a plastic culture. You know, engineering situations, manufacturing consent by creating really traumatic situations that force people to kind of readapt to the oppressor. Jesus was a GMO. Jesus was GMO. Jesus is GMO. That's how I feel like this. That, that's right. like the part I of mean, it is like manipulating inherently what is part of us, but twisting it in a way to where we don't 
we're distant from it so we don't completely notice it like we we relate to it but we we seem so far f- away from it that's kind of where that leadership messiah like hero narrative comes in i think we really need to dead that we really need to eliminate that messiah hero type of narrative that has like that jesus christ these are other things that are part of our culture and then even like the entertainment culture we have such a love and romanticism for death culture so we most of our heroes are heroes and praise because they did a lot of killing and that's just the way like a lot of our entertainment works we like a lot of these figures because they do quote-unquote badass things and the badass things are usually just killing and mistreating people i understand why people mistrust each other i understand that But what I don't understand is why we mistrust each other, but then trust people in positions of hierarchy. So if there's a culture of mistrust, then there's a culture of mistrust. And how can we go about addressing that? But to address the culture of mistrust, to me, doesn't mean electing representatives to oversee that culture. Because if we mistrust people, if we're saying that we can't trust each other, then why would we trust people to lead us or to make solutions for us? or to represent us, or to misinform us. And even from simple examples like the news media, which is always spinning you know, the police narrative of events, to the elected representatives, which I think do more to facilitate the interests of private corporations because they facilitate capitalism and white supremacy, then they ever will listen to your petition and somehow represent the needs of the most impacted impoverished communities dividing people into classes and kind of just saying like we're really here we're going to ignore the the upper class we're going to ignore the underclass and we're just here to make the middle class strong and it's just in terms of what's our political culture um in terms of what's the mainstream political culture it's a lot of people supporting a lot of harmful policies which includes representational government while saying that they themselves they're not they're not political you know they're not mm-hmm. here for politics mm-hmm. even though they're by saying that they're trying to distance themselves from the power relationships the power dynamics the power structure that we're all somehow situated and positioned in so really going about like this is a culture that pretends that there is not a power structure that is oppressive while at the same time people are benefiting from that power structure that's oppressive mm-hmm. so how are we addressing that in terms of empowering each other and working on that distrust that we have with each other and kind of deconstructing the election of leadership over us instead of working with each other and working through that mistrust? The government creates distrust within communities in order to be the outside influence that is trusted. Mm-hmm. So since we've seen the government destroy autonomous communities, destroy political groups that are actually fighting for liberation, and then they position themselves as the outside saviors. Mm -hmm. So we need to completely destroy that relationship. You're right, completely. And yeah, it's so many ways. I feel like there is a little truth to it. Like if we were ruled by leading by the heart versus the confusion of the mind, I do think that we would be in a different completely different form of government, different different form of operation. Though I think that's part of the culture is to completely confuse us within, like you said, we have to go to outside sources to get validation on what's going on with us, you know? So it's like, we haven't been socialized to completely 
feel out and understand what's going on, why we're here, what can we do, what are the best ways to go about getting things done, what's the best way to problem solve, and we're not at the forefront of being like, oh, I know that I can't do this. No, it's more like the forefront is I know such and such company can do this. I know such and such CEO at this other place can do this. I know the president of such and such can do this. And that's part of the culture of disempowerment, of taking the power away from the individual and putting it into a government-like or a corporate-like hand. And the distrust, yeah, definitely. The distrust is so powerful and it's so rampant and it's it's so well cemented where you don't even need a white supremacist in the area for it to work, you know, for it to be fully functional. I do feel like a lot of it is on us as individuals to really examine and really, really try to um, see where our rituals come from. Like, why do we keep doing this in the loop or why do we keep cycling around this particular activity you know or what do we how how is um like do we really feel consciously better shopping under certain labels or getting like um certain items or do we feel like putting change at the you know at the bucket at the end of the register is really doing something for our immediate you know in our long-term community or why do we feel like that isn't a valid, you know, a way of showing change or showing like a, a, a want for something different? Culture. Yeah, culture. And it, I feel like that word, even though there's a dominant aspect of what culture is and like what's American culture and like baseball and apple pie and like, <laughs> you know, white picket fence and like, you know, the Amazing Grace and theme songs and stuff like that. I really want people to kind of examine that like what is their what culture do they participate in individually you know and how is that connected to the larger goal like what they want to you know produce in the world you know how is how what are what type of little things or little actions are they doing or what type of interest do they have that kind of connects them to an element of change or element of radicalism that is outside of the dominant because i feel like so many words are there they're abstractly defined. <laughs> you know, they're mm -hmm. like, they have these loose definitions and until we really give them definitions and meaning, that's part of the culture though. And that's the emptiness of this particular culture because it doesn't really have, it's not giving meaning to our livelihood. So we really have to give meaning to what we have, you know, what we can, we have to do best with what we have, you know, we can have to do the best that we can with what we have. And that's like playing word judo, word jujitsu and like changing definitions, making new words, constantly flipping, flipping ideas and slowing conversations down, you know, slowing situations down to where we're not letting distrust or mis or miseducation or confusion completely take over our mental state to where we get angry about it, but we're really willing to examine, you know, how we feel and what we're thinking and what was gotten us to this point. Right. And it takes a lot of energy to do that. And I think it takes a commitment to the, the word that comes to mind for me that is the most helpful in working through oppressive dynamics within myself and in the larger structure is deconstruction. Deconstruction is helpful because it's, to me, it's a little bit of, destruction and it's a little bit of acknowledging the the construct the culture that were kind of imposed upon us and that we we kind of have been birthed into and birthed out of and 
you know, a process of undoing, unlearning, reexamining, and it's not comfortable, but it is a tactic. And I think part of what we need to deconstruct is really these cultural ingrained rituals and representations that we've had in terms of there are cultures that we kind of all participate in, like capitalism, to some degree, we might navigate it differently, we might have different strategies, and it obviously impacts people differently based on your position within the hierarchy. And then there's, you know, white supremacy as a culture, which doesn't impact people similarly, really at all. And our cultural representation of white supremacy, I feel the dominant cultural representation is a KKK member. Or, you know, maybe more so now people are understanding that the police are agents of white supremacy. But it's really not that absolute. You know, we really have to challenge the cultural representations because it's a logic, it's a culture, it's a methodology of thinking. So it's not just this figure that you can invoke this specter of white supremacy and they only look like skinheads and they only look like this. It's a logic that we have ingrained in us especially if you benefit from whiteness especially because to me whiteness is not just white skin um it's like a method of navigating american supremacy method actors (laughs) so it's just like and that's just one example right what do we think when we think about the cultural representation of fascism we think about nazism we think about germany we think about world war ii but we don't think about the genocide of the indigenous peoples here Mm -hmm. so it's just like what are our cultural representations that this culture is affirming and implanting within us and how do we really kind of look at it as more of a logic that is that touches all of us that we have to really really think about that impact on ourselves and others i feel like the way that people are really going to see how it impacts themselves and others is to examine completely it maybe sound like baby steps and it maybe sound like too much because we're like whatever age that we want to claim that we are and like we've been here so long and we have this you know these images and these ideas that we have that's been given to us but until they really go examine I don't know if we are able to overcome those situations unless we really are willing to examine them and ask questions like I was speaking yesterday to a friend and it's just like the there's a concept of meditation and like yoga and that has like a really hippy dippy free love like fun you know loose like new age ideology or concept undertones to it but in reality meditation is hard work it's so much like self spiritual work you know you really going it's it's not happy you know you're you're not going to be happy going into yourself you know it's not always going to be a pleasant thing doing having doing self-work you know it's not always going to be pleasantry you're not just you know having a butterfly thoughts so I think having a, a really strong understanding that work needs to be done and on the like on the individual, not in the sense of primary, but on the individual as far as that it's important because the quality time that we spend with ourselves is some of the most important, but that kind of dictates how we treat other people too, you know? So if you're willing to really examine where you are, where you got your concepts from, what concepts have you digested, what seeds and what ideas are you planting or replanting and what type of things that you want in your environment? I don't know if, if we're really going to be able to connect all the the forms of confusion and all the forms of uh, mistreatment because 
without that examination, we kind of just get caught where we are. We kind of just get stuck at whatever level of where we are. You know, we kind of get stuck at like, well, this is this is what my situation is, and you know, it is a lot of labor effort in terms of having to be in this society because we're here for however many more decades we're here as people. And then also trying to track how it is affecting our daily behavior and really try to undermine it on the personal level, the interpersonal level. And then it kind of what you said about, it kind of reminds me that we have like a culture of avoiding conflict or erasing conflict. And that's like one of my one of my biggest things in terms of compliance culture that we have now is that I think a lot of people are like, okay, so it's been that bad. It may be that bad. It's pretty bad, but they want the solution to be better, to be more positive. They want the solution like progressivism or liberalism is supposed to be a positive solution. And I don't really think that liberation is just going to be all positive it's going to be with conflict it's going to be with internal and external conflict yeah definitely i mean the con part of it is not even being caught up on that because the conflict is already here right you know there's already bloodshed happening you Mm -hmm. know so we're whatever our solution and our suggestions and our our way of getting out of it is already inherently connected to bloodshed because we're already part of the bloodshed that is is in existence one of the ideas that also came to mind is that um We've been so socialized to have a learn in patience. Like we have this learn like um, self gratification and like instant gratification. We want things like really quickly, really fast. So I feel like that's also part of the confusion that we're so in a rush to get something done or to see results to where we really don't slow down to fully dive into the work. Like, I just think about how we have these flowers outside of our window, you know, and it's like these flowers are there to, you know, to be there, catch sun, catch energy. These flowers are essentially like meditating until they become peaches because each flower is going to become a peach eventually. Like each flower on this tree is going to be a peach, but we don't have the time to really like sit and, and know that transformation and and other things are going to come because we want it so quickly you know because there's other examples of a, such in this gmo culture there's other examples of such a microwave response you know such a microwave quick like all right we need a law and sign it in place today you know so that's going to change or we need this person we need this dude who says things that i like to be there because that's going to change and instantly or i think um what was it that you you mentioned yesterday maybe about like someone um either leaving the country or or I think Raven Simone even said something similar about like leaving the country of a Republican wins or I think you mentioned something about like oh someone wins Bernie. Bernie doesn't win you know someone's going to be upset and I feel like that's that's like kind of relying on what we're talking about like this messiah or this one person or this you know representative culture and it takes so much confidence and so much power out of the people. And it puts them in this superficial, like, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to do this. Or if right. this doesn't Ultimatum happen, my name yourself. isn't Billy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ultimatums against your own liberation and your own mindset, your own freedom. Thank you for listening on Resistance. Check us out online on SoundCloud, www.soundcloud.com slash on-resistance. Thank you.